The following is a Sports Ethos presentation. Yo, 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 welcome to another edition of Round Ball Ramble. I'm your host, Corbin Ford. You can follow me on Twitter, at CorbinNBA, the Sports Ethos presentation. So check out Sports Ethos on Twitter, at Sports Ethos, online, sportsethos.com. Basketball, football, baseball, fantasy, all of it you want it, they got it over there. So make sure to get on board on Twitter, at Sports Ethos. Today, y'all, we are full draft week, and I am pumped, excited. Y'all don't even really know there's like a thing a year and a half in the making, but I got basketball analyst, analyst, and I got NBA draft YouTube legend Keandre of Hoop Intellect on. Uh, follow him on Twitter at Hoop Intellect if you already don't see him on YouTube looking up literally any draft video. So, Keandre, man, how you doing, bro? I'm doing pretty good. I appreciate you having me on. That was a that was a really good intro. I appreciate uh, it. Oh man, of course, man. I'm telling you, I've always like I said videos for years just watching your stuff and helping me understand the draft better helping i'm sure any of us who are like who this guy go on youtube and see it man the stuff you do is great so all love and just pumped to have you on this show man but um actually that's my, kind of my first question i kind of want to can you describe your your basketball journey up to this point i'm always interested in hearing the stories of others especially in this like content creating space i'm still trying to find where i fit in here but like just finding you becoming one of the draft legends like i said how, how did you kind of get here yeah, so, I mean, really the start is, like, I've always been a basketball fan. Like, that was just kind of the, the introduction to everything. Um, for as long as I can remember, I grew up watching those, um, you know, Michael Jordan kind of documentaries that he had, like yeah. Michael Jordan's Playground and things like that. Yep. So that was kind of the beginning. He was my favorite player at first, and then, you know, LeBron comes into the league, as I'm, like, can really remember. Um, and then kind of from there, I was just – I was always pretty good at the game. And then um, – you know, work my way up through high school. I I didn't, I chose not to play in college actually. Oh, wow. And um, just for, you know, a bunch of different reasons. Yeah. Um, high school basketball didn't go as well as I wanted it to. We still won a state championship my junior year and uh, got fourth my senior year and then, you know, everything like that. But yeah. Um, yeah, it just didn't go the way that I wanted in the situation that I wanted to. So went to Oklahoma State, um, you know, had at least a potential opportunity to go, um, you know, be a manager, or at least that's something I could have sought out uh, for the for the basketball team. But I, my ego at the time was like, mm, this I don't really feel like rebounding for people. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I feel it. <laughs> yeah. So that was like that was uh, kind of my thought process there. And then my sophomore year, I kind of just decided like I was doing a lot of writing and um, talking about the draft and other basketball things, just kind of trying to find my way and. Um, what sort of area that I wanted to do in like sports media specifically and I realized like at some point that I don't really like I don't really like writing um, in terms of like the, the reporting or the journalism like the the way like the the traditional media is mm -hmm. um, or in at least like broadcast media and, and things like that so I was like you know I can I got to figure out how to do something and I was like basketball is kind of my thing so um, kind of brainstormed hoop intellect I wasn't very good at 
Adobe Premiere or Photoshop or anything. So I was teaching myself during that time, just kind of making highlight videos and specifically focusing on guys who like weren't going to get the shine. So like Alex Caruso was one of those guys and that video did crazy numbers that I never thought it would like right during his like peak of his meme ability. Yeah, um, that's when it was. So I did that and then kind of just kept working on um, my abilities as an editor and trying to be able to put ideas into a video because that's a lot different than just being able to to write and everything. So um, kind of working through all of that and then taking the draft stuff that I was doing on Medium and putting it into um, what we see today. I made those scatter reports in like the spring of 2020 wow. and they just kind of took off from there and I just decided to to roll with it um, because it was clear people people enjoyed them and I just wanted to get better from there keep learning and um, and growing and that's that's really the kind of short long version of, of getting here so yeah. that's pretty dope man I gotta say like you said finding your space and like we're really carving out your space because you said like okay I don't want to really do writing. Like, where can I, you know, get this niche and knowing the basketball is your thing. That's dope. Like I said, just as a fan, I think my first one watching definitely was one in 2020. Well, it was before that. It was like around 2020. And I was like, I forgot which one it was, but I, I, you know, you find a YouTuber, you find their video and you see like four or five others. And I saw a mock draft and I was like, okay, cool. And it was like a player comp you said at the end. And I liked you had like the player comp and like the draft range or like what team would be the best fit. I was like, these are dope. And it was like, from that point on, like I became hooked. But yeah, I mean, Obviously, you said, especially come draft season when, you know, I did much better this draft class of, like, trying to stay on it from, like, the beginning of college basketball season. But I've only been doing this for, like, two, three years. And for the most part, I was one of those guys that, like, okay, NBA, 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 March Madness. Okay, let me think about college. And then draft lottery, okay, who's in the draft? And that's where, you know, YouTube and all types of online stuff is good for that. So that's really dope, man. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of how I used to be too. Like before mm, I really dove into it and did it yeah. full time, I was more of like a casual college basketball watcher, full time NBA, and then yeah. now I'm kind of more in the middle and, and ramp up the college as the NBA season kind of goes on. But yeah, that's pretty lit, man, for real. Um, and speaking of that, kind of the draft class, I think you know, like you said, you've been covering these for a few cycles now. Um, you know, detail just people who didn't make it, like you have. Check it out on Twitter, y'all. I'm saying on YouTube, I mean, rather. Like, it's extensive. But looking at this specific draft class, how, what are your thoughts on this class as a whole? And, and how do you kind of compare that to, if you even do, you know, let's say 2021 or 2020, um, given your experience of watching it from the beginning to now and how deep it is, whatever your general thoughts are, I'm very curious to hear. Yeah, so I think, obviously, 2021 had more top-end talent. I think that um, that was kind of pretty obvious coming in, and it – was clear this first year how good of a class that's going to be um, kind of going forward. But um, sort of, I think, you know, when looking back at the 2020 class, even at the time, there was kind of a a general, I don't know, like not really disdain, disdain but like, I think we were kind of a little bit lower on the class as a whole in terms of the overall depth and everything. Yeah. Um, and especially a lot of people were skeptical of like LaMelo and Anthony Edwards at the time. Um, but like when you're comparing like all three of these classes, I think that um, 2022 does have some good depth. It might not have the type of stars, the K, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley types, at least in my opinion. Um, at the top of the draft, I think these guys are a little bit lower than them. Um, but I think when we started talking about like depth and, and potential role players and potential contributors going on in, in the future. I think that it has a lot of that. And 
um, is at least better than the 2020 draft in that uh, regard. So that's, that's kind of a, a rough look at it. I like that for sure, for sure. And I guess going from that to the stars, and I think, you know, there's always one or two. And last year we just say Cade, you know, which one that was, 2020, you know, Ant, LaMelo. Um, looking at this year, obviously you got three. We're going to talk about them more in a second. And Jabari Smith, um, Paolo Bancaro, and Chet Holmgren. But uh, do you see this as just a top three draft in terms of potential NBA stars? Or do you think the list goes deeper guys who, you know, down the road were like, oh, wow, how they become, I don't want to say Nikola Jokic, but that type of like late guy who becomes a tentpole NBA star? Yeah, I think I think I would throw Jaden Ivey in that mix and make it a, a top four. Okay. Um, I definitely do view them a little bit differently. They're not all particularly like on the same level for me. Yeah. Um, but I throw him in there as like a potential star, and then the rest of the guys kind of through, let's say maybe a like five through twelve ish, mm-hmm. um, have some outside chances of becoming like, um, you know, a couple time all, all stars or whatever. Not limiting their ceiling. Uh, fully but yeah. i think that they have you know outside chances of, of making something happen like a jalen duran or um you know the johnny davis's benedict matherin like yeah. those kind of guys um but yeah i throw Jaden ivy in that top four Jaden ivy for sure that's cool i've heard a lot of buzz about him of, of course but especially recently so for sure on that um i guess kind of going with that your what is your personal philosophy you know there's also talk on best player available versus team needs i think that's interesting um and especially relevant to like orlando for example, because like they're going to get a big and that's that makes sense. That feels the need for them. But like, are you looking for like a defensive minded one, knowing how Orlando's management has gone? Chad Holmgren might be the guy or you're looking at shooting because Orlando's offense has been like just horrible the last three years. Jabari Smith. So like personally, what is your philosophy on that? Like, how would you apply best player available or team needs on this specific draft class, especially, you know, as you get to pick four Sacramento or pick seven Portland? I kind of want to get your general thoughts on that. Yeah, so most cases I'm going best player available. Um, I think that's kind of the the philosophy that I would subscribe to in most cases. But, you know, as we get further into the draft, those type of things change. Maybe you have a contender or that had a down year. You go in a different direction, like maybe you have, um, I don't know, let's say the way Portland is is approaching it, you have Dame Lillard and Anthony Simons. You don't want to pick another big-time shooting guard or point guard or whatever there, even if he was – potentially the best player, uh, best player available um, in that situation. But for, for Orlando, I'm just going best player at number one. Um, and me specifically kind of going into what might be your, your next question is that top three. So I yeah. think I would just go Apollo number one. Okay. I feel like you hit the next one I was about to say. Like, how would you yeah. kind of rank that big three? You got, you got Apollo already there. So, like, between Apollo, um, Jabari, and Chet – all sort of different thoughts on them, whether or not you believe in Chet's frame holding up or Paulo Bancaro's defense or Jabari Smith doing anything other than shooting. So you kind of got Paulo there. I guess first I'm, I'm interested in the why and then um, kind of where you slot the other two from there. Yeah, so I think you look at Paulo, who was rumored to measure in at 6'10 and a half in, in, in socks. So, you know, being that size and, and 250 yeah. pounds and you look at his combination of playmaking, the ability to create his own shot, getting all the way to the basket, you know, scoring in the post a little bit, you know, making outside jumpers and doing more traditional wing stuff on the perimeter. Um, and I just think that that makes the most sense for the number one pick. And especially in Orlando's case for somebody who they need their off, they need a little bit of an offensive punch in, in multiple ways, not just shooting or not just, um, you know, maybe a lob threat or whatever, what have you yeah. um, just kind of, connecting everything, putting everything together and 
um, from Wendell Carter to, to Jalen Suggs and Cole Anthony and Markel Fultz just kind of bridging the gap there. So um, that's why I have him one. Number two would be Chet Holmgren. I think that he is super impactful. Um, everybody kind of focuses on the slight frame and, you know, for a good reason, at least. Um, but I think he, that he overcomes that in a lot of ways. I think he's really tough. He, he leverages his body and uses his length in ways that are um, really impressive for, for a guy like that. And he's it's really never affected him in major ways across levels. We're talking, you know, uh, AAU and, um, you know, on, on different circuits and in different games going up against these same guys that we see in this draft now and, and older guys as well. So um, and just kind of given his his combination of rim protection and ability to finish around the basket at a really high rate, not just dunking, but the soft touch and, you know, kind of the the overall upside for him offensively, being able to to grab and go off the glass and and bring it up and hit threes and transition and all the other stuff that might come along in the future. Yeah. Um, that's why he's kind of the number two guy for me. And then I have Jabari Smith, number three out of these guys. I know a lot of people are, you know, a little bit lower on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for some of the creation and the ability to to finish at the basket, which are valid concerns. But I really love that his shooting ability. I think that he is a special shot making talent at six ten. Um, and, and out of these three guys, he brings the most on the perimeter defensively. That's for sure. Especially at kind of everybody's kind of penciled in this sort of four uh, modern four spot. All even though they're all very different, but yeah. I think that's a big part of his game. And um, yeah, I still like him as a prospect. No, that's really deep. I appreciate the analysis there. Yeah, I'm a big – I'm high on Jabari, hopefully growing more. I, I don't like the comps. I mean, Richard Lewis, I've heard Kevin Durant, seems way off base. You know, there's been all these, like, crazy comps. But I do like, like, the fact that Jabari comes in. And, and although I have him for Orlando, I like Paolo better. It's weird because each one gives you something different. I like Paolo just the from-scratch kind of offensive creation that Jabari doesn't give you. But I love Jabari as, like, a release valve as a shooter and Chet just kind of doing whatever there. So that's really – when I see how that fits and how you kind of work those big three. Really interesting there. Um, I guess kind of moving from those three more to the general um, rest of the class, are there any players that to you, I don't want to say are overrated, but just, you know, let's say you got player X, like number four or five, and you have him like nine or ten, and you're just like, okay, I see why he's there, or I don't see why he's there, but this is kind of where I have him. Are there any players that are maybe valued higher than maybe you personally have them? I think I think the big one is probably Mark Williams and not because I like certainly dislike him as oh, yeah. a player. I think that he's a, a really nice player. I think he can be a contributor um, at a high level in the league. But when he measured in at at seven, two with a seven, seven wingspan, nine, nine standing reach, it, it kind of went a little bit overboard, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, he started getting mocked to like San Antonio at, or they have the ninth pick, I believe. I believe San Antonio at nine and then the Knicks at really high. And I just, for me personally, the only lottery team that I think that he makes the most sense for is Charlotte and I'd be okay with that, but everybody else, I don't think that he necessarily garners that kind of, or that level of attention. Um, Just for a guy who is mostly going to give you, you know, being a lob threat, he doesn't have the sort of playmaking and, and shooting upside or, the ability to really give you a whole bunch in the post as a score um, or just kind of the, the physical 
a, a profile that like a Jalen Duran has or the other things that he brings to the table yeah. that make him a lottery pick. So that's just kind of the disconnect there that I have with him. And, and also one of the bigger things is just being more of a, um, what do we say? Like a hard drop coverage type of big in the league yeah. and in the lottery. That's kind of hard. That's kind of a harder sell. Even if like Jalen Duran ends up as that being his, his primary thing that he's going to do most, he can move a lot better on the perimeter than Mark Williams. Um, and you have a little bit more confidence in that, especially him being like two years younger than him yeah. as well. Um, but yeah, that's, that's really one of the bigger ones. I get that. I definitely see where you're coming from with that for sure. Yeah. Bigs in lottery, especially the type of archetype we have here, Duran at least has like a little bit more passing, I think. Um, yeah. Younger, obviously, in the physical profile. I definitely get you there. Um, on the other end of the spectrum, how do you feel about like sleepers? You know, guys that you are really looking at that, okay, might go later, but you get good value there. Yeah, I think one of my bigger sleepers or one of my favorites is Ryan Rollins out of Toledo. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a 6'3 guard, smooth, composed, really effective in the pick and roll. Um Big time scoring talent, looking to to create shots in a in a number of ways in different areas on the floor. Um, he's a projectable secondary playmaking type of guard, and um, just kind of his overall skill set and his ability to get to certain spots on the floor, finish at the basket. I think he's a first round pick, and he's often mocked, you know, sort of in the anywhere from like the mid to late thirties or in that sort of range. And, yeah, um, I've seen that. Yeah, so I I would personally would would consider him sort of in that twenties range, um, so he's probably one of my bigger sleepers. Okay. I think that it's not really conventional or not really like a traditional sleeper. Everybody knows this guy's name, but Jaden Hardy. Yeah. Um, I think we swung a little bit too far in the wrong direction after his season in the G League. He got off to a pretty you know rough start, and for somebody like him, it's not really that um, surprising. Somebody who who's a shooter, score first, and um, has a tendency to take some some questionable shots at times, but yeah. he really worked through it and and had a lot of he showed a lot of his complimentary upside in his catch and shoot numbers and being able to knock down shots. And I think that he's still someone like right outside that lottery range, fifteen to kind of twenty, um, where now he's more like mocked in like the the late first round or even into the second round. You might find somebody who um, is really low on him, so. Um, that's that's another one. Yeah, the variance is real on that. I'm, I'm, yeah, I get you on that. In fact, you've been like the transition king on this because my next question was about the G League teams, uh, <laughs> the G League team, uh, G, G League Ignite. Um, I wanted to get your thoughts on this year. I know last year, you know, it was Jalen Green, John DeCaminga, to a lesser extent, Isaiah Todd, the draft 31st. Yeah, so, you know, looking at this year, um, you have Jaden Hardy, um, Dyson Daniels, Michael Foster, Marjan Bochamp. Uh, kind of what were your thoughts on the G League Ignite team this year and then kind of how you see those prospects? You, of course, just mentioned Jaden Hardy, but definitely the other four. Yeah, so... I like this team a lot. I think they're pretty fun to watch. Mm. All really unique and bring a lot of different things to the table. Um, they obviously weren't as like box office or um, as popular as the last years. You know, Jalen Green, Jonathan Kaminga, those were guys we talked about for a really long time in the higher parts of the draft. And also kind of their games just being super athletes like they are. Yeah. Um, just kind of lends it itself uh, a little bit easier in terms of like the entertainment value. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you've got a guy like Dyson Daniels, who is a really popular pick right now. He was even getting some top five buzz. Um, I think he's a comfortable top 10 pick, big six, eight, uh, guard or, or sort of off guard being able to, to make plays and make a huge impact on defense. 
um, and do all the things that he did there. He was a really fun watch and came on strong um, at the end of the season as well. Got a guy like Marjan Beauchamp, who really worked his way to this point. He has a really good story just kind of coming from being a high-level recruit um, and choosing to take that gap year with Chameleon BX and, and do that pro professional training program. COVID threw that off. He goes to JUCO. Um, well, he kind of loses his love for the game for a minute, goes to JUCO, kind of regains that, um, puts up some crazy numbers, and then gets the opportunity to go to the Ignite um, and, and really showed out in, in a different way than we've really seen from him in the past. He kind of left some of the scoring um, in, in previous iterations of his game and in situations and became a, a big time complimentary player doing great things on defense and um, as a cutter and, and showing off in transition as well. So as a six, 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 seven wing, he's a guy who pretty much every team would like to have on their team. Um, and then you've got, you know, Michael Foster, who he's a big, big dude, um, highly re recruited guy coming out of high school. Um, shows a, he's kind of a, a a little bit of a, a tweener as much as that can really exist in the modern NBA. Yeah. <laughs> um, playing that four or five spot. Mm -hmm. So he's got some concerns defensively, but he can really shoot it. I think that he projects um, well as a shooter and sort of a natural score, both inside and out. Um, but yeah, that it was a really fun group to watch. And um, I think coach Jason Hart did a really good job with his team kind of meshing, mending them together. And they grew a lot throughout the season. Um, and really what was the the first like semi-normal G League season? Yeah. The, the, the previous team only played like, what, like 12 games in that bubble mm -hmm. or 15 games, something like that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to watching them much more closely next year. I did get a lot this year, and I'm always intrigued by the level of talent that goes in and the ones that people keep an eye on. Like you said, Jaden Hardy, a lot of buzz because, you know, first started, all I heard was Jaden Hardy. And then it was like, he disappeared and you know so that was always intriguing and definitely some a team i'm interested in just on their own to watch more next year um but yeah man this draft talk it's been great i do appreciate you um coming on talking i do have one last question for you it's one of my favorites um it's kind of your top five favorite players of all time i called the hoop vibe squad um i got it from well it was a joke i went to vegas last year for summer league and i had a wallpaper on my phone that had um it had russell westbrook terry rogier Monte Ellis, Latrell Sprewell, and uh, Michael Beasley. And so my friend was like, or he didn't be my friend, but at the time I just met him, he was, we were talking, he's like, oh, dude, who's that on your phone? I was like, oh, top five, like, best players. But I meant to say favorite. He's like, top five best. I knew he was judging me heavy. And, like, I had to come back and be like, nah, man, I meant my favorite because I like buckets. And, like, the crazy personalities are better, but, like, I, that's what I like to watch, even though, like, being a more, you know, fully fleshed NBA fan, just watching good basketball. But at the root of it, dude, if you could just get a bucket, that's my guy. So I'm intrigued by yours having you watched. I mean, you're a big NBA fan, obviously a draft fan. You've evaluated hundreds of players. You know, like, who are your top five favorite? Yeah, so top five favorite, I'm, I'm going to exclude Jordan and LeBron. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the two <laughs> best players ever. So, Absolutely. like, we'll throw them out of this. Um yeah. I'll go with Kyrie. I love Kyrie's game. Um, say whatever you want about him. He's mm -hmm. a walking highlight, ridiculous, unbelievably skilled. We have one guy back here that you can see. Oh, the uh, legend. <laughs> J.R. Smith. J.R. Smith, yes, I love sir. it. Yes, sir. Um, J.R. Smith, unbelievable talent. Uh, 
if you show somebody his highlights who never watched basketball before, I can convince you that that is one of the 10 greatest players ever. <laughs> no, for real. Uh, Especially possibly. some New York stuff. Some, yeah. Some, when is it? was on a crazy high. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. When he dunked on Gary Neal, you could, you could put that against a, a lot of different things. Um, yes, the next one I think we're going to go with is Jamal Crawford. Love Jamal Crawford's game. Um, Growing up, that was somebody who I really modeled my game after in a lot of ways. Mm. And for somebody who's my age, I'm 23. Mm-hmm. I grew up in like the the height of the ball is life hoop mixtape era. Yeah. And when they put out his mixtapes and like the handle compilations, um, that was that was it. That's what we were looking forward to and watching during school. And I was gonna try to copy every move that little behind the back fake thing he did. I yeah, done so- that for about hundred hours. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so he's definitely in there. Um, who else? I'm trying to think. Who yes, else would be in there? Three down. Yeah, I know it's interesting. It's tough. Um, I'm gonna go with Paul. I'm gonna go with Paul George. Okay. Um, that's one of my just favorite players. He'd be on my top five just ever. We're talking good, whatever. Um, I think he has the best handle six eight plus in NBA yeah. history. Um, crazy with it. I mean, that's kind of self explanatory. And yeah, yeah. he just got way too much slander and hate over the last year some of it deserved when you get six points in elimination or four <laughs> points or whatever it was but mm-hmm. i think he's you know really nice so yeah i mean he's in there i'm trying to think of this last one i feel like i'm gonna forget somebody and think about it for a very long time um <laughs> i know it's tough i want to i want to go with i want to go with nick young um okay. swaggy p yeah big three legend i just watched him i mean he didn't have a great game but i watched him <laughs> yeah yeah so Nick Young, he was also kind of in that that ball is life who mixtape kind of kind of era the stuff that he was doing in the lockout. Mm-hmm. Um, Beasley's also in there. You already mentioned him. So yeah, yeah, he he was one of my guys. I'm from Kansas. Oh, so you you know, growing up, Hey State, that was my guy. Oh it, man, like, big, I have a I don't it might be in there, but mm-hmm. I have a Heat uh, thirty Michael Beasley jersey from. Oh snap. Like 2008, 2009. So dang, okay, I gotta say, yeah, man, he's one of those. Guys. I mean, I just saw again, big three. It's 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 sad. I wanted Beasley and other guys like to get a shot at me, even though I know, okay, realistically, the defense, a lot of stuff stopped. But like watching him, I think they played yesterday. Um, Beasley still, dude, the dude can get buckets. I mean, he's only like 32, 33, but he's still so smooth with it. Like you yeah. said, inside, outside, like yeah, that was a guy almost not quite where you put um Jr. But like. If he had just had it all together, you know, in a right yeah. situation, I think dysfunctional Minnesota, kind of bad Phoenix spot. His best spot was probably Miami, and they, you know, rightfully so, kind of let that all go to get LeBron and Bosch. But yeah. that would, if he had the right spot, man, I would have been a lot, man. That guy would have been somewhere different. But, yeah, man, I love it. So we got Kyrie Irving, we got J.R. Smith, Jamal Crawford, Paul George, and we got Swaggy P. Dude, that's the hoop vibes, and that's a, that's an <laughs> all-crossover squad right there. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I pride myself on the handle, so I got everybody in there got to have a, a nice handle. Good, good handle. All five. I love it, man. I love it. Bro, this has been fun, Kendrick. Thank you for making this happen. I really appreciate the time. Um, Listen, I know, obviously, like I said, on Twitter, at, at Hoop Intellect, uh, on YouTube for sure, but, like, I mean, this is kind of the height of everything right now, I'd imagine. Like, what, what else are you going to be doing some more stuff coming up here on a break? Kind of tell people where they can find you. Yeah, so, like you said, you can find me. On Twitter, Hoop Intellect um, should pop up. And then also on YouTube, of course, got the big boards and mock drafts coming right before Thursday. Um, and then, you know, all kinds of other basketball content that'll be coming out, some summer league stuff. 
Um, so definitely stay tuned for that. Definitely, man. Definitely. I appreciate you again, Kendrick. Thank you so much, bro, for coming on. It's been great. Uh, listen, y'all, it's been a great show. Uh, definitely make sure to tune in. We got some more draft stuff coming up. Uh, draft is this week, man. I, I'm excited. I'm pumped. Uh, but this is it for right now. So for Kendre, for myself, we are Frosty. Y'all stay Frosty, and I'll talk to y'all real, real soon. All right, y'all. This has been a Sports Ethos presentation.